0: Please tell us something about your musical education.
1: Um, I had a very classical music education. I studied violin from the age of seven and piano from the age of 10. And I had pretty much most of theory and counterpoint by the time I was 13 or 14 in orchestration. And then I attended university at the University of Southern California and um, for an undergraduate degree in violin performance, which is what I did professionally, the first in my twenties, and then I got a master's degree in conducting mm-hmm. uh, from the same institution. Great. So I, I had a very classical education. Mm-hmm. I played in a lot of uh, I played a lot of uh, community orchestras, and then later uh, professionally, I did a lot of uh, film work, studio playing violin. Uh, I actually played in the 70s. I played a lot for John Williams and Jerry Goldsmith. I played on E.T. I played on Star Trek, the motion picture. I played on um, the Twilight Zone movie. Um, most of uh, m- most of those guys. Uh, I played on the Black Hole for John Barry. Stuff like that.
0: Wow. And what is your favorite instrument within or outside an orchestra?
1: Well, I... I I don't know if I have a favorite, but I, I, I'd have to be partial to the violin since that was my instrument. Uh, so that would that would be the one I guess I would be partial to if I had to make a, a choice.
0: Mm-hmm. Who are your personal or musical idols, if you have them?
1: I would say uh, in terms of aesthetics and... Um, Composition. I, I have several feelings about that. Um, my father was Alfred Newman, was the head of music at 20th Century Fox. He was one of the pioneers of film music. I would say, um, just because of what I ended up doing, he would be the the my the, the he would he would be the person I would admire the most in terms of what I'm doing as. as in terms of of doing film scoring, um, uh, being able to, uh, compose, conduct, uh, manage, administrate. Um, it's an extraordinary, it was an extraordinary career and, 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 an ability to, to do that. Um, I would say I, for years, um, was a huge fan of Arturo Toscanini, the conductor, um, uh, I think it's, it's again, an extraordinary career in the face of completely different uh, style that what, what he was able to accomplish and how modern how he modernized the symphony orchestra. Um, but, you know, I, I have lots of people I like. I have a very broad, um, uh, eclectic uh, taste. I grew up listening in the sixties to the Beatles and Jimi Hendrix and the stones. Um, I'm a huge Jimi Hendrix, the guitar player, Mm -hmm. um, fan. I think he was an absolute, uh, extraordinary artist. Um, so there's, there's that aspect too. I did grow up with rock and roll, which I um, enjoy. I really enjoy musical theater. I think, um, Stephen Sondheim is a, is, I know this is sacrilegious, but I think he's up there with um, Bartok and Stravinsky as an artist of the 20th century, albeit in a completely different um, milieu, but his, his ability with words and music in combination um, uh, is I- extraordinary. And I know that a lot of times I'm a big opera fan as well. I mean, I love uh, 20th century German opera Um Particularly Berg and 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 um, and uh, and um, uh, Strauss, obviously um, uh, and yeah you know, that stuff. But but I think what uh, opera is always oriented towards music. I think what Sondheim has done has combined uh, music and 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 words in an extraordinarily sophisticated way. And I think he will be. Um, he will be studied um, m- much more when when he is gone. I think it's something that's going to last a long time. His his work. So he's a he's a uh, I think he's an amazing artist.
0: And are there any uh, soundtrack albums by other composers in your music collection at home?
1: Um, no, I have lots of soundtrack stuff because I do um, a lot of conducting of film scores and programs and things. Mm-hmm. Um, I- a, um, aside from the gold, if, if you t- take away the golden era, the sort of modern era to me um, is, is uh, would, would be gold, Goldsmith, who I still consider part of the modern era. Um, I, I think he was uh, um, a very versatile, diverse, uh, well-trained, um, interesting composer and, and musician, and he had a really interesting career. Uh, starting in the late 50s that went through basically 2004 mm-hmm. um, he sort of spanned the, mo- the, the the sort of modern era of film scoring particularly uh, in his later career his um, his uh, facility with action scores now of course they're not done like that now so that there there isn't anyone doing action scores like that now mm-hmm. but for years it was a template for for action scores Um his use of ostinato and uh, uh, kind of composerly um, uh, techniques, uh, able to weave it into a uh, a very coherent, uh, accessible uh, piece of music, even using kind of sometimes difficult uh, language. For for, for instance, his score early on to um, the Planet of the Apes, the original Planet of the Apes movie, which is O to 12-tone decaphonic score, it's still so accessible, um, which uh, is a really extraordinary achievement when you look at it uh, in detail. Um, also, um, he early on did some Twilight Zone episodes of the TV series in the early 60s, which are extraordinary uh, uh, compositions with very small groups, uh, generally 12 to 15 kind of diverse what you'd think of now is you know contemporary music types of groups, different different combinations. Um, really an extraordinary achievement, and uh, plus all the other, you know, he scored a Patton and his scored a Chinatown and uh, and all the myriad of movies that that he did. Um, and I got a chance to watch him and and meet him and and become friends with him, so I got a really good um, idea of what he was all about as an artist.
0: And what was uh, the last soundtrack album you have bought?
1: Well, I buy lots of soundtrack albums. I just bought the original, uh, but I buy historical ones and new ones. And a lot of them to us because uh, during the Academy Awards season, they send everything. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really go out and pile. But I did just buy the David Shire original score to, the, uh, to Norma Ray, which was a Marty Martin Ritt movie in the, I think, 70s. Uh, I think David Shire... Uh, was a person. I don't even know if you are familiar with him, but he Wait, was a person. That? That, um, and uh, this was a score that was mostly thrown out, but um, the song won an Academy Award for Best Song. I forget who wrote the lyrics, but it's a really beautiful song, specifically for that for that movie, which was a very high um, award winning movie.
0: What do you think is composing uh, music and art or a craft?
1: Uh, well i think it's I think both i think it's i think it's more craft than art but um that's just from my point of view because i come from i come from a train point of view um obviously in the last year technology people without the same sort of training that i um, can compose music where before they could not and so then you have to ask yourself is composing An act of an art? Is it, do you need training to be a composer? What actually is the exact act of composing? And it becomes more difficult um, to answer. And you know, we all have our own views of what, what, um, I'm sorry if I'm speaking loud because I can't hear myself. Um, We all have our views about what, what constitutes a good piece of music, functional or abstract? Obviously, in film music, it's functional. Um, so that's a difficult question to answer. For me, I, it's, it's a little bit of art and a lot of craft. Mm-hmm. Good. I, 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 that's what I admire in my father, um, is the amount of craft that he had and his department had. Of course, you had to craft then because there was no other way to do it. Mm-hmm. You so much have to craft. Somebody, somebody along the way might have because eventually players have to play it, and it's a very, very anachronistic uh, thing an orchestra and playing music live, uh, re, uh, cy- reading orchestra music. I mean, you, you know, that, that hasn't really changed all that much in the last couple of years. So somebody along the way has to do that, but... That's the craft part of it, I guess. I don't know if that's much of an answer, but that's that's what I think.
0: What is uh, inspiring you?
1: I I'm most these days inspired by contemporary music, which I find extremely open-minded and exciting. And I admire the youth uh, kind of feeling in it, that it feels... Vital, young, and even 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 somebody like Elliot Carter, um, who's 103, I don't know, still writing in New York, is writing these really amazing, uh, amazingly vital kind of almost young person's pieces. And here's this guy who's been through the whole the before the war, after the war, the the, the whole kind of thing. Um, and I find that the really honestly the most exciting aspect of music right now in terms of the music i'm a as i said i'm a big opera fan so i i have a soft spot for opera i go a lot uh i don't see very much that i think is performed all that well but it you know it doesn't matter because eventually you'll hit on something great and that's just the way opera is um i film music to me right now is a little bit in a funk not because of the artists film but because of the system that's you that, that the corporate system now that emphasizes so much product and not the artist so it's a little less interesting than it used to be to me not not, not interesting scores um but for the most part, it's not as vibrant i think as it was and i'm sure that around but right now contemporary music's the most interesting over a 100 years old and still writing and he's uh actually composing some of his most accessible, youthful kind of, of, of music. And um, and he's being performed all the time, where before it was difficult for him to get performances. Uh, it You know, contemporary classical music runs the gamut of very young people to, you know, very uh, elderly people. I think it's very exciting. And I said I love opera, too. Um, once in a while, opera's really cool, but uh, I think more consistently new music is interesting now, uh, contemporary classical music.
0: So what do you think is the best thing about composing?
1: Um, I don't know how to answer that, except that it's kind of a it's sort of a drive. I am I, um, it. It's I've done a lot of conducting. I've done a lot of performing and a lot of composing, and I by far prefer composing to anything it it um i think it just uses your mind and your um your intellect your 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 intellect and your soul and your you can you you have that ability to uh, to express something uh in a more direct visceral way than 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 performing um so I, i find it the most satisfying but i i don't know that that's an adequate answer um uh, but there you have it. I, that's that's that, that's about the best I can do with that.
0: Is there something that makes it less fun for you?
1: Well, it can be very frustrating, but um, uh, but so can everything else. It's no more frustrating than anything else is. Um, sometimes in in movies, uh, you know, all, all of us complain about this, that, and the other, and that you know people are telling us to change things and we have to do this because it's, there's only so much time and you have to write really fast. And But ultimately, it's, it's, uh, it, it's not something to complain about. It's, it's, uh, it's actually a privilege to be able to write music and have it performed so quickly on such a high level with uh, so many resources that you do and in, in, that you have in movies that you do not have and, and, and other aspects of uh, music performance and composition.
0: What is your uh, favorite movie?
1: I have been lately watching Spartacus, the Stanley Kubrick film that Alex North did the score to, just because I think the score is so extraordinary. I, I love the movie too, but the movie I think is is flawed with the score, I think is almost almost perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now I'm, I, I I like that. I love the, the film All About Eve, I know these are all old films. Um, I, I love a lot of uh, 70s films, too. You know, The Godfather, The Graduates, uh, those uh, uh, Warren Beatty films, uh, Heaven Can Wait and Shampoo, I think are extraordinary films, Robert Altman films. Um, lately, it's not... Films aren't really being made that are all that tremendously interesting to me. This is not something that's just... Me, I talked to many of my colleagues, and their films are now kind of made for much younger uh, demographic, which is what I was talking about with the, the way the, the state of the art is now, is it's more of a corporate selling a product than it is an, an, an art form. But this will all change. This is, this is the natural way that these things go. It'll, it'll all cycle around one way or another.
0: Um. What was your uh, very first assignment as a film music composer?
1: I did... uh, I scored a film called Frankenweenie. That's the first film that Tim Burton directed Mm -hmm. that he's making as a a stop motion animated film. Um, It was a live action short at Disney. That's the first film I did.
0: Mm-hmm. And are you still proud of that score?
1: Um, eh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm not I'm a good one with my own music. Mm-hmm. I like to. Move on. It's I, I'm very uncomfortable listening to my own stuff and like listening to myself talk like now and all that. Uh, it's I'm not a good judge of it. Um, there are some there are some cues and some scores that I really love. Um, but mostly it's hard for me to listen to, quite frankly.
0: So, um, yeah, how is your approach um, to uh, scoring, or uh, to approach to animated movies? Um, Are there differences to live action movies? Yeah, I think there are
1: differences to everything. And now there's a whole different style. There's a very uh, much of a a style... Non-thematic. Now, when I was first working, everyone always wanted a theme, you know, and then you they they'd be looking for a theme. Um, Now, now it's it's kind of a it's it's a it's a more um, it's a more atmosphere kind of sound effect ish kind of uh, point of view from where from from where you start. So it's it's a lot it's it's sort of hard to say because it's so dependent on the on the film. now there are very few genres that are made. There's, they're basically very low budget art films or low budget comedies or giant budget uh, movies. You know the your, your your um, comedy movies or um the big large budget um comedies. There's kind of nothing in between. So they all have sort of different um, uh, things that they want to do and 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 depending on the studio and the uh, the there are a lot People involved in, in deciding what to do. So um, it's hard to say how I would approach how you approach something.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you like uh, or enjoy writing whole themes for characters or settings, or do you try more to describe the mood of a particular movie?
1: I, I, before, um, I do like writing for character. A lot of times when you're writing for character, you're writing about what is implied what's implicit in the scene, what's not maybe told in the scene, but what the scene is about. It might be a conversation between a man and a woman, um, and they might be talking about one thing, but what the scene is about is about something entirely different. Um, Music can be really good at, at, at implying that something different is going on without Telling the viewer what it is that's going on, and it gives it much more depth and texture. Uh, that kind of scoring. So I love doing that. There, there is a little bit of depth in the character and the story arc and the structure, where you can do music that implies something, but doesn't doesn't tell you specifically. Not tell you specifically, but but say that doesn't tell you this is entirely happy, entirely sad, entirely dark, entirely light, whatever metaphor you want to do. Sometimes you can show something that's funny and sad and dark all at the same time. Music's good at stuff like, uh, of implying stuff like that without, you know, specifically saying what it is. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, which jo- uh, genre do you prefer to make music for? Genre? Mhm.
1: Genre. All, all I care about is the movie, how good the movie is and how good the director is and how good they are to work with. Mm-hmm. The genre doesn't matter because there's great movies in every genre. Uh,
0: how much time uh, do you get to write music for a movie?
1: You can get 10 days to 3 months. It's entirely up to the schedule. Mm-hmm. It all there is absolutely no set time.
0: And are there projects where you uh, weren't so satisfied with the working environment or the resulting score?
1: Uh, of course. Yes, definitely. I'm not sure. Definitely. most it's a uh, 50-50 proposition. However, I will say this. If you really love composing and doing this, no matter what, Quality of the movie is you are always going to find the good in it while you're working on it, because otherwise, you're give your whole heart and soul to the, the project. But of course, this, in retrospect, you can see, uh, you can make a better value judgment as to what you think of the of the movie. But while you're in it, you generally love the movie and love what you're doing. If that makes sense, I think that's prerequisite to being to have to do something like uh, being a, uh, writing film music for, for a living as a career because there's so much endurance involved in it. There's so much writing. There's so much discussion that's difficult. Um, you wouldn't do it unless you just loved doing it. And to love doing it, you have to love what you're doing while you're doing it.
0: What is your uh, favorite kind of director? The musical trained who gives you exact instruction or the one who lets you do whatever you think is good for the movie?
1: There is neither one nor the other exists, A. B. I don't even think musicians can talk music with each other really, except in this kind of abstract way. So my favorite kind of director is one who's well read has a good liberal arts education and can talk story and structure and character and explain to me what he's doing in the movie, things that I might miss uh on on, on a on a first or second viewing. I want to know what the movie's about. I want to know what each scene, what he thinks the scene is about. And I want to know what he sort of sees as the whole and how it's how it's structured and how how it, it dramatically. That the kind of person, uh, that's the person to work with. No one ever just says do whatever you want. It's be, because movies are all temp scored. Mm-hmm. oh you know that. So th- there is no there is no uh, priority. There there's no a priority. It's 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 all you're always coming in in second, third, or fourth place from the beginning. So you have to look at it out, I think from more of a dramatic literary point of view, and then you and then you with your skill as a, as a film composer, bring the, the music that's going to best help that situation. Now, sometimes you're going to do something that the director didn't think of or didn't want you to do, but you feel strongly about it, so you do it and show him and talk about it. But when you talk about it, you're going to talk about it in terms of, of story and visual and structure, not in terms of music. You almost never talk about music that way, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know. Idiots do. I mean, sometimes a director will say, "Couldn't this melody? Couldn't this go up? Couldn't this go down?" Uh, sometimes they'll they will say, "Can it be dark, light?" Which is you know good. That's fine. But um, you know, once in a while, you get the ones that are very think they know music and want to talk about music, and of course that they don't. So you know, you just you just go with it and do whatever you need to do.
0: Um, I'm a huge fan of Anastasia. Um, I saw it in a the theater and fell in love Im- with it immediately, the music. Uh, and so let me ask you some questions about uh, the particular score. Um, in the track prologue is a Russian chorus. Uh, how did you come to this idea? Was it a reference to the time and place where in where the music plays? It,
1: it was. And, and it was. We we wanted the chorus, and we I worked film for six months actually so that prologue kind of thing was the first thing i wrote but it evolved um into this choral thing at the end there we always knew we wanted chorus but we actually wrote a piece with with russian lyrics and um we did this whole kind of thing so that sort of evolved um out of out of me composing the piece playing it for the director us talking about it uh and it got of where it got after a few months of sort of going back and forth it that that kind of evolved into uh uh you know that that the piece that as it was with, with russian lyrics with with russian text which i don't even remember what the text it was based on something but then there was an original there was a guy that came first we based it on something and then a guy came in and wrote an original original text for it mm-hmm. which i for- i forget exactly what it was but anyway
0: and how many influence uh, do you have on a uh, music release? Uh, because many of your fans, um, the fans of your music, of Animals United, uh, United claimed that there was too little of your music included on the first CD, which hit, uh, had an European distributor. So, a lot of songs, so, so many, uh, so much yeah, yes, score.
1: Somebody in America just released the entire score, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you can't release it in um, Germany. You're in Germany, right? Yeah. I don't think it can be released in Germany. Um, but there is now a, a full... There is a there is a CD of the full of the entire score. Um, uh, so, what was the question again? What's my opinion of what? Of, of, of the soundtrack, or um,
0: soundtrack? How many influence um, do you have on a music release?
1: How many influences?
0: Mm-hmm
1: On... Um, my my music influences is
0: um, that true? after 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 release. Also how many uh, or how big is your influence uh, when a CD uh, is released?
1: Oh, oh, absolutely no. I have no influence. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: well, I can say that there there is a certain amount. They will say there's a certain amount of, of of time that you know we can put your music on the CD so that I um. Uh, so the, I did pick what went on that well with with Christoph Becker and, and Reinhardt, the the um, the filmmakers um I did choose what was on the CD on that CD and then as I said the American one that came out in America uh, came out like a month ago um, has every the whole entire score mm. everything
0: yeah but it's hard to get it in Germany because the uh, German label uh, yeah, don't want to yeah <clears throat> but I'll try and did you enjoy writing music for an European animated movie like Animals United?
1: It was one of the best experiences I've ever had. I I, had, I loved the filmmaker and, and the people. I came to Berlin. I'd never been to Berlin. Um, as yeah, as you know, I'm a big uh, I'm a big classical music fan, so of course I love the Berlin Philharmonic, and I've seen them many times in New York and in um, L.A. And, you know, we have a new hall in L.A., which is based on the hall in, in, in Berlin. Um, and But I had a wonderful experience with the uh, this orchestra that they uh, hired and and that beautiful studio, the Teldex that's in Berlin. Wonderful uh, engineers and microphones and room and players. It was a fantastic experience. I loved it. One of my highlights... Career was that experience. Mm-hmm. And Really, really intelligent, interesting filmmakers, you know, who knew how to talk about about what I was saying before, you know, who really knew how to how, how to. We, we really got in a good rhythm working together, so I loved it. I to do it again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Great. I, I asked a fan a few fans um, if they have questions question for you, and uh, yeah. I found a lot of uh, fans of Serenity um, and yeah, Joss Whedon. Um, Joss Whedon is in the theaters currently with the Avengers. Uh, you have also worked with him. Um, how did it come uh, to the collaboration at Serenity?
1: Um, that was his first feature film. That was at Universal. Um, cat Nelson and Harry Garfield, who were the music head of music at Universal, um, put me together with Joss. I didn't. We didn't know each other, but they thought that we liked each other. Um, Joss, for instance, is a huge Stephen Sondheim fan, as I am, um, and among, among other things. Of course, he's a, he's kind of an iconic uh, film person in, in, in America, um, and I, I assume other places, but I, I know for sure in America. And we just started talking, and I sent him some music, and we just... Decided uh, that it was a, a good idea, and so that's how that 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 was together by Universal. Actually, the music department got us together.
0: How is it to work with him? It
1: was fan- uh, again, a, a highlight experience, mm-hmm. really, really fantastic. I had a very weird, um, I had a very weird beginning of that movie because I was I was in on vacation skiing in Utah, in America, which is, has these beautiful ski resorts. And then I had to go to Indianapolis because they had commissioned a piece of mine uh, that was being that was going to be performed. So right after I, I was talking to Joss and we sort of decided we were going to do it and then I had to go to Indianapolis for like four days for this premiere of this piece that my friend, um, Emmanuel Vion, the, the, the conductor, um, was conducting. And so I was in Indianapolis uh, in uh, America, which is kind of a Midwestern mentality sort of city. Um, And I I went to visit uh, the the principal cellist In his house had what would be called a square piano, which is a 19th century kind of uh, six foot piano, but square so it could fit in a corner. And it was just beautifully gloriously out of tune and i started playing it i thought wow this is perfect for serenity for the river character in serenity so about a month later i sent my assistant out and he sampled the piano and so all through serenity whenever you see river or anything to do with river um, that sound is the sample piano in indianapolis the square piano just kind of an interesting um, aside
0: Oh. um,
1: so, so out of tune that whatever notes played, it was some weird, you know, pitch, but it just was beautiful. It sounded, you know, it's, it sounded crazy, but, but Avaka, dreamy and um, otherworldly, and it, it fit perfectly for the, the whole idea of what Serenity was about.
0: And um, how was your approach uh, to this music, which is, yeah, very special and unites two genres?
1: Yeah, um, this what Joss did want a thematic approach. We spent, I must have written 15, 16 different themes for the ship, for, which was basically the end of the movie, and then I used the theme throughout the movie. So that was a more thematic approach. Now, there's a lot of, there's a lot of dark electronic uh, modernist kinds of film techniques in it as well. But that is essentially a thematic score, um, uh, with Serenity and Maul uh, being a theme, and River being a theme, essentially. And then there's the um, the the uh, the other guy. What the hell is that the, the not the what what do they call that guy? The um, the African American guy. I forget what his name. is. You know, the guy that's putting them down. Mm-hmm. He had, he had a theme as well. Um, let's see if I can remember. Uh, Let's see. Um, The uh, Serenity. Serenity. The operative, they call them. His his character was called the operative in the movie. He had he had a little bit of a theme as well.
0: Mm. So,
1: but basically, it was it was thematic. And motivic, developmental, and then a lot of um, a lot of modern film technique, loops and lots of loops, a lot of a uh, lot of um, gamelan, a lot of erhu violin, um, all kinds of stuff to make it feel um, uh, kind of uh, worldly and eclectic. So it's kind of, sort of like an art movie more than anything anything else though thematic essentially.
0: Um, Which influence had the music of the series Firefly on your work for Serenity?
1: Uh, Joss and I made a conscious decision whether that was correct or not to not uh, not go too much in that direction though of course we still did there's still you know these Western um, elements in it that, that are in it that were in the original Firefly, but it's much uh, it's much larger and lusher. I think um, for better or worse, I think some people enjoyed that aspect and some people didn't. Mm-hmm. Some people the original, the way the original score was, a little more spare.
0: Um, and if there would be a sacral to Serenity, uh, would you like to write the uh, music for it?
1: Thing for Joss Whedon, I loved him. He was phenomenal. I'd do anything he did. For me, again, it's the director, it more, almost more than, than the movie. Because you never can tell what a movie's gonna be anyway till it's done. You never know what it's gonna really be like. Mm-hmm. So best things to work with good directors.
0: Yeah, another uh, questions uh, from a fan. Um, how is uh, the life in a family of film music composers?
1: How is the life? You mean my family? Having yeah. closer in the family? Oh, it's fine. I, um, you know, you asked about composing, if, if I like, what I like about composing. One of the things I like about composing is you you spend a lot of time alone, which I like. Um, uh, it has its negative things, but I kind of like that. Um, and, but but composing is a kind of solitary endeavor, so you don't really talk to that many composers, plus mostly you're in competition with them, so... It's not really an issue in my family, except for my um, father, who I so admire. And I'm close with Randy Newman because um, I think we're pretty simpatico uh, in, in, in terms of our aesthetics, even though he's you know White's writes completely different music, obviously. Um, I love Randy's uh, work. I love his song work, and I love his um, film work. Um, but mainly, none of us really talk all that much. Plus, you know, Los Angeles, a big big city we're all pretty far away you you know have you ever been to los angeles
0: uh no unfortunately not (laughs) but i want to
1: it takes an hour to get anywhere so so it's it's um it's not easy to socialize in los angeles (laughs) okay anyway but i I'm glad. I, I'm. Uh, I'm proud of being from the, the the Newman family. I think a lot of the Newman family has done a lot of really fine work. So I, I'm. I'm. I'm good with it, and I'm good in my place in it. I, I'm fine with it.
0: Um. So do you help each other, or is there competition? Yeah.
1: There is. There is inherent competition in film scoring, and no one helps anybody. That's just not the way it works. <laughs> <laughs> too hard to get a movie uh it's too lucrative it's too much fun uh i don't whatever anybody says no one helps anybody or very very rarely just not the way it's done it's never the way it's done Mm -hmm. except except uh since there were not since there were no studio uh systems since the 60s when when it was all when it all became freelance
0: Mm
1: -hmm. that helped each other but uh it was a different, a different kind of thing.
0: Did you ever think about uh, starting a career in pop music business, just like your cu- uh, cousin, Randy? No. Oh. It,
1: was never, it was never a thing. I love, I love musical theater, but i was always doing classical music. I was always studying the violin and doing my, you know, whatever work I was doing and playing orchestras. And, and then when I got older, you know, working for a living. So um, I, I was on this certain path, the, the violin path in Los Angeles, where every big city's got this, where you play in youth orchestras and then you play in community orchestras and then you start playing professionally and, you know, you move your way up, change teachers, all that sort of
0: stuff. And um, a very good friend of mine, uh loved the music of all the Newmans, um, but especially the scores of your brother Thomas. Uh, he's not... As a not very serious question is, uh, is there any chance to contact him for an interview?
1: I don't, I don't, he doesn't like to do stuff like this, but I honestly don't, I, we're really not in all that much communication, so Mm. I couldn't there. Sorry.
0: (laughs) No problem. Yeah, and I have to admit that I mistook the Gremlins for the Critters for a long time. Um, Just a few weeks ago, I learned that you have written the music uh, for the Critters, um, could you tell me something about it, um,
1: That was in 86. That's that's one of the first big studio films that I did. I mean, it wasn't a big studio, but it was New World. It was a studio film. And that's the first time I worked with Stephen Herrick, who I did about five or six films with. Um, and uh, I loved it. It was great. I had a great time on that movie. Um, uh, that's a movie that's very dark and aggressive, but funny. It, need, it needed to be tongue-in-cheek as well as being aggressive and a lot of action and and weird and quirky. So um, I learned a lot in that movie and I learned a lot what music can do and uh, how music can do several things at the same time, how it can be dark and funny at the same time.
0: You uh, worked very often with uh, Danny DeVito. Um, How did it come to this uh, long lasting collaboration?
1: Loved the score for Critters of all things. And he was doing his first film, Throw Mama from the Train, and he just loved the score of Critters, and he hired me. And then we got along fantastically. He's a wonderful collaborator. And a wonderful uh, filmmaker for music. Because his, his 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 POV, his point of view, where he chooses to place the camera, and what it tells you about the story, is so operatic. Uh, it's just... You can put all kinds of music in a Danny DeVito film. It just works with so much different kind of music. It's the most fun thing to write for. Because it's so musical. Every images, the story, the the the, the hyperbolic characters um, in, in, in his movies. And, and the funny dark pathos and all the emotions that go on at the same time. You know, like when you take a film like Matilda, um, was just just fantastic. That character, that beautiful little girl, uh, being like like a uh, uh, Don Quixote, like a little knight errant going out saving her teacher from this horrible world that her teacher finds herself. In. You know, just and the way the camera is all the time and, the, and how lush, and beautiful everything looks and you know, it's just great. I love it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, it's a fantastic movie and music. There's a huge fan of your music to uh, Bill and Ted's uh, Bogus Journey um, who likes uh, to ask you some questions about the score. Uh, for example, how did you see the music uh, for the se- sequel in comparison to the first movie?
1: The sequel was the first. The first movie was Steven Herrick, who I done um, throw, uh, who I done writers with. He directed the first one, um, so it had a certain style that Steve has. The second. One was more of a kind of collaboration with the studio, and a director that hadn't done all that much, and it was a little bit darker um, in tone and a little bit more gothic. Um, but, you know, they were in hell, they were in heaven. Um, it, 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 it. I the movie tried to do a whole lot more with the story than the first movie did, so it had to be much bigger in in conception. But I, I enjoyed it. I i i um i enjoyed uh villain i i like that score that's a score i can listen to that i like
0: and is there a kind of homage to jerry goldsmith's uh visual flyover yeah. in it a little, a little bit ah. there's a lot
1: there's a lot of see you know jerry goldsmith did when he did star trek they just re-released star trek with all the original music that got thrown out which i i, I told you i played on that um I remember that session that were like three days and we recorded for about five minutes in three days while they argued. But um, Jerry Goldsmith in, in the first Alien movie had this sort of triadic structure that he used to, to, to sort of delineate the vastness of space, this environment. And it just, after that got used in every anything that was kind of otherworldly, it was like, Kind of a, a, a language that you would reference in some way or another. It just you just almost couldn't get away from it. So certainly there is references to that. You know, I try to do my own thing, but but it it, it that became part of the language for about 20 years. This triadic uh, 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 triadic chords moving in 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 unice- in in uh, block chords, triadic chords that that he used in in alien. The thing about alien is all the music got thrown out, but the original. And title of Alien and, and much of the, the uh, um, I don't know how familiar you are with the movie, but much of the um, the quieter moments in Alien about the ship and about the environment uses this kind of um, uh, uh, harmony, this chordal structure.
0: And would you like to score a third uh, Bill Antard movie?
1: As, if it w- if it was fun, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anybody's going to make it, but I guess they're remaking everything, so maybe they'll remake that at some point.
0: Yeah. What do you think about the modern movie industry? Do you like the movies of today?
1: I, I, I don't dislike it, but I don't think it's nearly as interesting as it once was. I think that's purely because of the structure, not because of the people making the movies. I think it's a corporate structure. And as I said before, they're making products now and not movies. Mm-hmm. They're making hamburgers. It doesn't matter to them. It just matters how how much money it made it always mattered how much money it made but um i think it's gone to it's gone to uh, a a great extreme to that that's the thing that matters now
0: and um what are your next projects
1: i just finished um well last year i uh, uh, i toured with the movie west side story that we did the movie live with orchestra I toured the United States with it and I went to Australia and I'm going to go to Philadelphia this year. And then I'm going to be in Paris and Vienna conducting this year. I just finished um, a a movie, a sequel to a movie, uh, a small uh, 80s movie called A A Christmas Story, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. It's it's a Christmas movie about a a kid that wants a a BB gun, a shotgun. And it's, it's a sequel to that movie. So I just finished that for Warner Brothers. So I'm not sure.
0: Um and one more little thing um I call five terms and you tell me just briefly what's comes to your minds, okay okay
1: um
0: film music
1: i I guess for me film music, I feel nostalgic about it mm. I'm nostalgic for 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 what it what it was, and I'm hopeful for what it will be ag- again mm. that's how I feel so
0: um orchestra.
1: Uh, I, orchestras, for me, feel like a whole uh, way of life. Uh, I love playing in orchestras. It's a whole world. It's its own world. It's a beautiful, wonderful world where you listen and play and watch, use your mind and use your body all at the same time. There's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. Great.
0: Um, favorite meal?
1: Favorite meal? Uh, um I guess a steak a New York steak
0: mm. um Hollywood
1: uh, creepy I would say you know what I mean by creepy uh, da- dangerous oh I find it dangerous okay celebrity. I find celebrity and charisma there is a very dark side to celebrity and charisma. That's how I feel about Hollywood. It's it's uh, a lot of people are given a lot of a, a, a lot of uh, uh, are given a, a, a bully pulpit, as we'd say, to act speak that don't that don't really have don't really uh, anyway. I, I, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> just it's uh, it's uh, it, it's uh, odd.
0: Okay. okay. Um, the last, um, end of work.
1: End of work? hmm End of work. I'm not sure what you mean by that.
0: <laughs> and so, um, yeah, what do you do in your spare time? Oh, oh,
1: uh, oh, me, I, uh, you mean, like, what, hobbies and stuff?
0: Well, uh, when when all work is finished, um, yeah.
1: You mean like, we're- Oh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I can't imagine retiring from music. I, it's just, it seems incomprehensible. I like other stuff, though. I, I'm a big sports person. I love playing tennis and ex- I love working out and exercising. And I love eating. Uh, my wife is a wonderful cook. Um, I, lo- I I like uh, I enjoy traveling a bit to specific places um, and I enjoy music.
0: Mm-hmm. Great.